glad you're here this morning. Last Sunday I wasn't feeling well, and uh, we had a young man who shared here this morning, or yesterday, or a week ago, Sunday, and uh, so God uh, still filled the place. And so um, I would like to ask you a question this morning. How many of you ever prayed, Lord, I would really like something but he, he didn't give what you wanted, but he gave you what you needed. Let me see your hands. You there? So I'm going to be brutally honest this morning. As I was, um, well, first of all, I was on the song leader list this morning, and I'm like, that's too much of me. So I tried to switch with the leader that's supposed to next Sunday. He's in Wyoming this weekend, and so I called Brother Song Leader this morning, and I said, i got a favor to ask you. He said, what's that? Preach the sermon? I said, you bet. And I thought, I'll lead the songs. He goes, no way. And uh, so I said, will you lead songs? So I got a ready answer. And, uh, and so he wondered if I'm going to have a pre-sermon talk. And I said, well, I said, I think I'm going to scrap that. And uh, we're just going to move on. And uh, he didn't think that was real redemptive. But I said, I'm, I'm planning on changing my mind. So I have a pre-sermon talk, but the more I studied, the more I read, the more I became inspired, and our pre-sermon talk may end up being the sermon here this morning. I'm not sure. We'll see what God wants for us this morning. And uh, I just want to invite you um, to turn to Song 311. And it's just a song to invite God's Spirit here. Now, for the honesty level. So this morning, <laughs> this morning, so I don't want to make anybody feel bad here this morning. So first of all, I just want to confess to you strangers, I tend not to swing on the same hinge a lot of people do. And so um, I don't want to make you feel bad here this morning. I'm glad you're here. Everyone visitor, okay? But my prayer this morning, I said, Lord... I said, uh, just make it our church family here this morning. I don't want no visitors. And I walked in this morning, and I'm like, whoa, we got a problem. There's lots of visitors. So I just want to say you're welcome. I'm glad you're here. Our sign says welcome, and we're not going to change it. Okay? So if you care to stand with me this morning, for those who care to, let's sing this song as a prayer to God and a, um, a request to God. And let's sing it like we mean it. Okay? Come, gracious Spirit, heavenly dove, with light and comfort from above. Be Thou our guide and Thou our guide, o'er every thought and step preside, o'er every thought and step the light of truth to us display and make us know and choose thy way plant holy fear in every heart that we from God may ne'er depart that we from God may ne'er depart. Lead us to holiness, the road which we must take to dwell with God. Lead us to Fullness of 
Take your Bibles, the Word of God, or you young people, fire up your laptops, hit the on button, and turn to Judges. Joshua, Judges, chapter 6. Okay, for a little pre-sermon, I think this is going to get a little long. But uh, we don't have time for what I have prepared for last Sunday. It's okay. But God uses people, okay, to build his kingdom. And I would like to ask you a question. Do you, can I, be used of God? God is looking for people to use. And so we need to ask the question, can God use me? And so here we have it in this uh, Judges 6 and 7, we have... um, a man that God used in a mighty way. He was just um, he was just a common man. And I have five um, things. If you want to be used, if I want to be used of God, there's five things I would like to lay on your heart this morning. Okay. And uh, earlier this week, I I don't know why I um, my Bible just kind of fell open here, and I started reading. I'm like, wow, you know, there's a lot of things here I've never seen before. And you know, how many times we read the Word of God? And we see things, and all of a sudden they start sticking out to us. And uh, so I just want to share some things with you. But first of all, I think the Word of God is very important. I'm just going to read these two chapters. I know they're kind of lengthy, but, you know, I'm going to do it for the sake of the children. And, you know, in all technology, um, the, the most important thing is the Word of God. It's not what I have to say. It's not the points that I want to lay upon your heart this morning, but it's the Word of God. And uh, for the sake of the children here this morning, so open your Bibles. I want you to follow along, and uh, I'll try to not read it too fast where I, um, where I run over myself, okay? So I would just like to read these verses to you, and that way you'll have the full story <clears throat> in which a lot of us Bible uh, students, Bible readers, we know this story, but I just want to confirm it upon your heart. Judges chapter 6. Let's start. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because the Midianites, the children of Israel, made them the dens which are in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites, and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto Gaza and left no substance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor ass. And they came up with them, with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude, for both they and their camels were without number. And they entered into the land and destroyed it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, the Lord, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under the oak, oak which is an orpha, that pertain that pertain unto Joash the whatever and the son of Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him Lord the Lord is with thee thou mighty man of valor and then Gideon said unto him O my Lord if the Lord be with us why then is all this befallen us and where be all the miracle all his miracles which our fathers told us of saying did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now, Lord, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, 
Go in this thy Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not thence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou, thou come again. And Gideon went in, and made ready a kid, and unleavened bread, cakes, and ephah flour, the flesh he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and brought it out before him under the oak, and presented it. Verse 20, And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and lay them upon this rock, and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the hand, put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand, and touched the flesh and the un unleavened cakes. And there arose up a fire out of the rock, and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Then Gideon perceived that it was an angel of the Lord. Gideon said, Alas, Lord God, for I, because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar unto the Lord, and he called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Orphia of the... Abzarites. And it came to pass the, the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years, and throw down the altar of Baal that, is, that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. The altar, and he, and, sorry, and built an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the rock, on top, upon the top of this rock, in the ordered place, and take the second bullock, and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants, and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was, because he feared his father's household, and the men of the city, that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. And when the men of the Presidio rose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, the grove was cut down that was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that it was built. And they said one to another, Who hath done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son, that he may die. Because he hath cast down the altar of Baal, and because he hath cut down the grove that was by it. And Joash said unto, said unto all that stood by him, Why will you plead for Baal? Will you save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death while it is yet morning. If he be a god, let him plead for himself, because, he, because one hath cast down his altar. Therefore, on that day he called him Jerah. Jerobel saying, Let Baal plead against him, because he hath cut, thrown down his altar. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. <clears throat> Verse 34. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Abiazer was gathered after him. <clears throat> and he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also were, was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher, unto Zebulun, unto Napoli, and they came up to meet him. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said. Verse 37, Behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the, in the floor, and if the dew be on the, be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou shalt save Israel by my hand, <clears throat> as thou hast said. And it was so, for he arose early in the morning, and thrust the fleece together, and wringed it dew out of the fleece a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, 
I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, by, by this once with the fleece, let it now be dry only on the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. And Jeroboam, who was Gideon, <clears throat> and all the people that were with him, rose early, rose up early, and pitched beside the well of Hira, Herdon, so that the hosts of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into, the, into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand has saved me. Now therefore go to, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is a fearful, afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. And I, I'm just going to stop here. I think Gideon was like, What? Did I hear right? Let's continue reading. Let's see what happened. <clears throat> Bring them down to, unto the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be uh, that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with, this shall go with thee. <clears throat> the same shall go with thee, and of whomsoever I say unto thee, <clears throat> This shall not go with thee, and the same shall not go. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down unto his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lappeth will I save you. And deliver the Midianites into thine hand, and let all the other people go every man unto his place. So the people took victuals in their hand and their trumpets, and he sent, sent all the rest of, the, of Israel, every man unto his tent, and retained those 300 men, and the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But, I, but if thou fear to go down, go thou with, whatever his name is, for, um, Looks like plural, but that's not the right man, name. Thy servant down to the host, and thou shalt hear what the, they say. And afterward shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. And they went down with Pharaoh, his servant, unto the, out, unto the outside of the armed men that were in the post. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the valley of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. And their camels were without number as the sand by the sea for seaside for multitude. And Gideon was gone. Behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came unto a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it. And the tent lay along. And his fellows answered <clears throat> and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For unto his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the hosts. And it was so, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof, he worshipped and returned unto the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. And he divided the three hundred men into three companies. And he put a trumpet into every man's hand, and with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me, and do likewise. And behold, I, will, I come in to the outside of the camp, and it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. When I blow it with a trumpet, I and all that are with me 
Then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of the camp, and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and, a and, and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. And they had, and they had but newly set the watch. And they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. <clears throat> and the three... And the three companies blew the, blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp. And all the hosts ran and cried and fled. And the three hundred blew the trumpets. And the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the hosts. And, they, and the hosts fled to Beshitta and Zarephath to the border of Abel-Mehalah to Tabith. And the men of Israel gathered themselves together out of Naphtali, out of Asher, and out of all Manasseh, and pursued after the Midianites. And Gideon sent messengers throughout all Mount Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites, and take before them the watchers unto Bethabora and Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and took the waters of Bethborah and, and Jordan. And they took two princes of the Midianites, Oreb, Zeb, and they took and they slew Oreb upon the rock. And Oreb and Zub, Zeb, they slew, slew at the winepress of Zeb, Zeb, and pursued Midian and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon on the other side, Jordan. Very interesting chapter or chapters. Now, Gideon, he was just a, a ordinary man, but he but God used him mightily. You know, we all would have used the God. Last Sunday, this young man he said he wants to be clean. He wants to he wants he wants to be used of God. And I think that's every heartbeat that's here today. That we would say, Yes, Lord, here am I, use me. And uh, so Gideon he 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 started making all these excuses. And uh, would you like to be used of God? Will it make any difference that you that you lived? Are you going to make any difference if you lived or you didn't live? You know, God has a special purpose. He has a special plan for you. So make sure you find what that purpose is in your life. We heard about purpose this morning. Are you living? Are you a man with a purpose? Are you a young lady? Are you a lady? Old, young alike. Are you here with purpose? And, uh, you know, so many people in our churches are living in our churches, but our churches are becoming cemeteries, so to speak. Because we are not, churches, many churches are filled with people who are not living, who do not have a vision, who do not have purpose. And, uh, you know, I, in some regards, I know what that's like, living without purpose. <clears throat> will, will you leave a vacancy when you die? Now, we're going to stop here for a little bit. <clears throat> I can already see we're going to have a hard time making it through this. So I'm just going to kind of read what I have penciled in. But you take like Brother Pablo Yoder. You know, we get his updates. We get his emails. And you know, there is some real meat and potatoes to his emails. Now, he has stage four of a cancer. He don't have long to live. Stage five has moved on to glory. He don't have long to live. But you know what? He is going to leave a vacancy. Because the people, the amount of people, you look at his email list, it's a long list. I guarantee it's way longer than the one I have because I don't have one. What I'm saying, there is hundreds of thousands of people who get blessed by him. He will leave a vacancy in our church circles, in our family. And uh, will, you leave a, will you leave a vacancy when you die? <clears throat> who are the people God uses? These were dark days in, in Israel. You know, the devil was the, the enemy, the devil. We're going to um, look at the Midianites, the Amalekites as the enemy, the devil. You know, they were winning many victories. And so, is the enemy winning victories in your life this morning, today? Is he, does he have a rock in your life? Does he have a, does he have a place of bail in your life? Does he have a... a a stronghold, for lack of a better word, in your life. <clears throat> and he can win very many victories from that stronghold that he has. <clears throat> in Israel, they were underneath the enemy's regime. And uh, the Israelites, uh, they had this mentality 
that God has done with these miracles. He cannot save the multitudes. And I'm always the one. The Bible says, and it was referred here to this morning, that God changes not. You know, I still expect, and I'm still expecting God to do a mass revival in our churches today. We need revival. And uh, those, those who haven't listened to me long enough, that is a heartbeat that I have. That we see revival in our churches today. We see vibrant young men, vibrant young ladies, old men alike. That there's a vibrancy for the things of God. And not just vibrancy for... Um, actually, 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 this Sunday, I'm glad I didn't do it after I seen this crowd here. I was going to bring a, uh, some John Deere brochures and I was going to talk about a value system and, and just read. You know, what makes you excited this morning? What makes you, does, does, if I would have brought this brochure, these brochures, I was going to pick up a Ford pickup one, and, and I was going to read, you know, what gets you excited this morning? You know, the new whatever? Or does the things that I read here this morning, the things in this book, does that excite you this morning? Are you excited about what God's going to do this morning? What if, you know, these prayers that are offered for a sister for cancer here this morning were answered? And there was a miraculous healing. How would that excite you? Or would you be just, well, you know, I just expect God to do this. You know, what is your attitude about these things? You know, in the children of Israel, they just, well, you know, we're just going to live under this regime. And this is just the way it's going to be. They take our cattle. They take our crops. They do all these things. And, you know, Gideon, he's down there in the wine press beating his wheat out. Gleaning his harvest and his wheat or thrashing it out when he should have been up on the mountaintop. But why was he down there? Because he was scared of the enemy. He would take his crop. Right? You know, back in the old days when they did it, they did it on a high place so the wind would catch it and throw the shaft away. But he was down in a wine press. He was fearful. We'll talk about that a little bit. <clears throat> okay. You know, there's uh, something that came to my mind when I was reading this. You know, many people, many Christians in our churches are singing, hold the fort. They're singing a song, hold the fort, and they're just hanging on for dear life and waiting for Jesus' return. And the churches have got, in America today, a Christian church should be onward Christian soldiers. But we're singing, hold the fort. We're just honking down, the enemy's taking over. Culture is taking over. And so we're just trying to live the separated life. And we're just hanging on for dear life. And we should be singing onward Christian children. I wrote the verse down here. And it goes like this. Onward Christian soldiers. Marching as to war. With the cross of Christ going on before. Christ the royal master leads against the foe. Forward into battle. See his banners go. Many Christians are simply waiting for Jesus to get here. There's never been a greater age to live and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. God wants you and I to be in the middle of this grand revival. Gideon was fearful. He was hiding from the enemy. He was down at the wine press and sat on the mountaintop. <clears throat> the angel of the Lord called him a mighty man of valor. Taken from chapter 6, verse 12, it says, And the angel said unto him, appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee. Thou mighty man of valor. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, he did not feel that way. But you know what? We'll talk about this a little bit later. <clears throat> but you know what? In verse 12, when God tells him that, Gideon does exactly what we as humans here do. We start making all these excuses. And Gideon, in verse 13, reads like this. And Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with me, then why has this all befallen us? And where are all the miracles? And yada, yada, yada. And he goes on and on. God has forsaken us. God has left us. And it's wah, wah, wah. That's how he felt. But you know what? The angel of the Lord, God saw past. God saw past who Gideon was. He saw Gideon for who he saw. God himself saw Gideon. And you know, that's the way it is with us. You know, God can see past who we really are, but we, He can see um, who we could be by God's Spirit. God says, Go and listen by might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midians. Taken out of, taken out of, um, taken out of uh, Judges 6. Gideon makes all his excuses. 
And I'm here to tell you, write this down if you're taking notes. I wrote this down. Do not insult God by saying he cannot use you. Do not insult God by saying to him, I cannot be used. Do not insult him. He made you. He created you exactly the way he wanted you to be. And he has a purpose and a plan for you. Okay. The first thing. God uses common people. If I were to ask you this morning, how many of you feel like you're here? You're just a common dirt person. I'm dust. That's what the Bible says. I'm just a common person. I have nothing... I have nothing to offer unless we are filled with God's spirit. But God just uses common people. So if you're common, if you feel like you're a common person this morning, God wants to use you. And I just have pencil to hear. Gideon was a fearful farmer, but God called him a man of valor. You see what I'm saying? God saw him for who he really was when he's filled by God's spirit. And are you filled by God's spirit this morning? Gideon, Gideon saw himself as a man. God saw him through the eyes of the Creator. <clears throat> Judges 6.34. It says this, But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. You know, when the Spirit of God falls upon a man, when the Spirit of God fills a man, it just totally revolutionizes them. It totally changes them. And if we were here this morning, I think everybody would honestly say, yes, I'd like to be filled by the Spirit of God. I want to be um, filled with the Spirit of God. And uh, God uses common people. It was not the man, it is not in man, but God in man. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 1, it reads this, like this. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound... Let's see here. The weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty... And the base things of the world and the things that are de- which are despised hath God chosen, yea, the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him that are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. That's what the Bible says. <clears throat> It is not what you know. It is, a, it is a relationship. It is a relationship. It's not how much schooling we had. Our, it is not, a, is not our ability, but it's our availability. You know, that's what God wants. He just wants somebody to say, yes, Lord, here am I. Fill me. Use me. He wants availability. He don't want all your ability. You know what? God has given us the talents. He's given us things to use. Yes, God wants to use them, too. But he just wants a yes, yes, sir heart. He wants a heart that says, yes, Lord. I want to build your kingdom in some small way. It is not the fame that we have, but it's the faith. Is my faith, and I was going to talk about this this morning, is my faith strong enough to get me to the end? You know, I was thinking about Pablo a little bit this morning. I read a letter, uh, email from him this morning or whenever we got it. And I'm thinking, you know, he's not there yet. He's not there yet. And, you know, the, the devil's going to fight to the very end. But our, my prayer for him is that God would hold him faithful till he gets there. And, uh, you know, um, and I'm not sure exactly how this all happened, but we, we ended up getting an email um, that Pete, Brother Pete Lewis sent to him. And in that little email that Brother Pete sent... Um, Brother Pete told him, he says, you know, I'm 79 years old and I'm looking for the day when we can gather around the table and converse together. And I thought that was very beautiful. Okay. The second thing, God needs a clean people. He needs a cleansed people. You know, Baal, he was um, a fertility God. 
And get this. History will tell you this. People would sacrifice their children to Baal. Can you imagine? People would sacrifice their children to Baal and commit fornication in the name of Baal. Now, how much lower can we get? But you know, when you have a Christless society, when you have a society that is far from shore and uh, they do not recognize who God is, um, all kinds of very evil, wicked thing has. This same God has taken over America today. Let's turn to Judges twenty Judges 6. Let's go back to our, our, um, our text. Judges 26, verses 25. Let's see what it says. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, and even the second bullock of seven years, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut, it, cut down the grove that is by it, and built an altar unto the Lord thy God upon this rock. Let's continue reading. Then we'll come back to this. <clears throat> in the ordered place, and take, and take the second bullock, and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove, which shall... Thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took ten men and his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was, because he feared his father's household and the men of the city. And he could not do it by day that he did it by night. <clears throat> okay. So, let's go back here to verse 26. And you can look this up for yourself. And you will find it in a strong concordance on number 4581, this word rock. Okay? This word rock means a stronghold. Okay? So now we see um, these devil worshipers, these Baal worshipers, they were worshiping upon a rock, the stronghold, so to speak. We're going to call it a stronghold. They had the groves around it. They had an altar that they sacrificed children to. They, they, they did all these evil... You know, Satan was getting all the glory. Okay? And God says... Tear down this altar. Tear down the groves. And so what I think is very interesting with this, whole, this, this little picture here is that the very place where the, where the devil had a stronghold, God took it for himself. And he took the thing that Satan had. Now, go with me here a little bit. And I think this was in Russia. In communist Russia... Or it was, I'll put it this way. It was in some communist country. I think it was in Russia. Where the KGB met together. You know, the KGB, where they, I'm sure these conversations went on. I'm just kind of imagining here a little bit. But it was, it was, it was, it was the conversation many times, I guarantee you, rallied around how to become stronger. It became a stronghold for Satan and his threshold, so to speak. And they talked about, the Christians and how they hated Christians. They talked about how they were God haters. They were Christian haters. And they had everything to do with anti and we are a God unto ourselves. That place was later used to print Bibles. And God says he will sit on high. I'm going to put it in my own version. He will sit on high and laugh at the wicked, at the mighty. And this is what I'd like to look at this morning. This rock that's, that there was Satan worship, that there was evil worship going on. God says, you know what? We're going to take this down. And by the way, we're going to cut the groves down. And by the way, we're going to use their wood that Satan meant for evil. And we're going to use it as a sacrifice to God Almighty. And you know how many times we have these strongholds in our lives that we don't deal with. And you know, who's getting the glory out of this whole deal? And you know, sometimes and then there's times when there's true repentance there's the strongholds are pulled down, and you know then who gets the glory? God gets the glory because that stronghold is never there, isn't there anymore? And God can take all these things that have bogged us down, and now God's going to get the glory. That's what it's all about. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about our ability. It's not about our fame. It is about God Himself. And um, you know that as I sat there and read that, I'm just like, wow, that is just amazing. This rock, this stronghold, this stronghold that, that um, this country had. God needs clean people to do His work. He don't need people who are bogged down with all these things uh, in our lives that we can't just fl that God can flow through us. You know, you take an irrigation ditch that is clear full of junk wood, 
um, yada, yada, yada. You know, the water don't flow. It gets, it gets plugged up. Or you see, you'll see a culvert underneath a driveway. It's got wood. It's got all this junk in front of it. It's running over. It's like, clean, the, clean out the pathway. The water will roll. And, um, you know, that's what it's like. If we have these things in our lives, God cannot flow through. So he needed a common people. He needed a clean people, a cleansed people. The third one is God wants a courageous people. Judges 6.12. <clears throat> it says like this. It says, an angel, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Do you want to be a valor, a mighty man of valor? You know, those series that we're going through. Uh, purity. Uh, the valiant man. I was just like, wow. You know, everybody. You know, us men. Young men. You know, we want to be that. We want to be a valiant man. We want to be clean, pure, holy. People that God can use. <clears throat> Valor means courage. God is going to make Gideon the chief leader. That was his desire. He said, "Who am I?" You know, we ha and he had all these excuses. Gideon set out to uh, sent, sent out a call, and you know what? Thirty-two thousand men showed up. You know, we're going to fight these we're going to fight these uh, Midianites, these Amalekites, and the Bible says we just read this morning. They were as they were. You couldn't number them. Plus, they had all the cattle and the camels that came with the deal. I mean, there was. I mean, there was just a sea of people. It was. It was. It was. You could not count the number. It was because of the multitude. And here comes Gideon with his thirty-two thousand people, men, up against this innumerable army of people. Now, who do you think that looked like? God says, "Guess what, Gideon? I want you to send home." Whoever is, is is scared of this deal, and I can imagine, I would like to think that I would have stuck out to the three hundred. We'd all like to think, but I think I'd fit in the first class. You know, I'm scared of all them guys out there. I mean, they got camels that don't quit, and they got a they got a host of people out there. You know, I'm going home, folks. I'm going home. I'd rather just live. I'd just be rather be down at the wine press living. You know, it's not the way we like. These Midianites are running over us. And 22,000, two-thirds of his army went home. Can you imagine? Two-thirds of it. What does God say? Gideon, listen. you still got too many. We're going we, we, to rearrange this thing a little bit. And you take them down there and we're going to see who, how they drink water. Now, what does that have to do with it? But Gideon, he took them down there and to see how they're going to drink water. And he said, you know what? If they get down on their knees... They're going home. They're going home. And those who get and those who bring the water up to themselves, you know, they're watchful, they're courageous. And you know, there was only 300 men. You know, send those other 9,700 people home. Now you're down to 300. Now, Gideon, he was a man like you and I. He had feelings. He had reasoning. He had all these things that we have here this morning, right? He was man. And I I am sure he, his feelings was, God, really? You only given me 300 men? But you know, Gideon, he was still scared. He was still scared. And so and God tells him, Gideon, if you're still scared, you know what? You take you and you take your close friend, your buddy, and you go down there and hear what these Midianites have to say. So God, he goes down there and what do they, he hears this dream. You know, a loaf of barley bread. That's about as low as you can go. If you do your, if you do your reading, a, a piece of barley bread. A loaf of barley bread. And you know, th those Midianites had to recognize that the Spirit of God was behind Gideon. And when Gideon heard that, he was like, Whoo, we're going down there. We're, we, you know, these, these Midianites are even, even admitting Failure before the even word go. I'm not useful to God if I'm if I'm a coward. God is not impressed by size or numbers. Little is much when God is in it. God is looking for brave souls. He's looking for courageous souls. He's looking for people who are not intimidated with the enemy's attacks. You know, how many times do Christians today get attacked 
by the enemy. Let's turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 1. Chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Let's go back to Acts. Acts chapter 1. Verse 8. And it reads like this. And these are the words of Jesus. But, be the, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be a witness. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Those are the words of Jesus. Let's go to 1 John. Let's go back to 1 John. 1 John 4, 18. What does Brother John have to say? It says, let me see here. 14. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. They man say, I love God, and hated his brother, he is a liar, and so forth and so on. Love removes all fear. It is not about if I'm brave enough, but it's about do I love enough. God um, wants to fill us with his spirit. Get filled with the spirit of God. The fourth one, God uses a cautious people. Taken out of Judges 7, 4 through 8. Judges 4 through 8 said, The Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will try them. And it shall be that of whom I say, This, sh this shall go with thee. And so he, he, he ran that uh, test through the, these men, through these tests, how they were going to drink water. He wanted a cautious people, people who were awake and alert to the signs and the times, what's going on. We need people. If we're going to be useful to God, we need to be a people who's awake and alert to what we talked about this morning, the change of culture. Way too, and I have said this many times here, way too men in our churches across this land are asleep at the wheel, you know. And it is my heart to be awake and alert. And what's really going on? What is truth? What is reality? How is this thing working? And uh, we talked about sending these, all these, these 9,700 people home. Let's turn to Philippians 1. Let me see if I can find this here. Philippians 1. Uh Philippians 1. I should have. It's a little book. Help me out here. Where does Philippians come at? Does anybody know? <laughs> we got that. Well. Yes. Well, these pages are sticking together here. That's why. Okay, there we go. Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. It says like this, And nothing be terrified by your adversaries, which is to them to evident a token of perdition, but unto you of salvation and not of God. Let's turn to First Peter. Let's see what Peter has to tell us. <clears throat> First Peter five, and it says like this: First Peter five, uh, starting at verse eight. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom, res whom re resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Jesus, Christ Jesus. After ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strength, strengthen, settle you. 
to him be glory, dominion forever and ever. The devil, he is wicked, he is cruel, he is cunning, he's an enemy, he wants to sabotage you. Be careful, be watchful, be careful the places, what you view, old and young alike. What you read, the company I keep, the places I go. Sin is an unexpected opportunity, unprotected life, and an undetected weakness. You can read this. 1 Corinthians 10, 10, 12. <clears throat> okay, the last one. It's time to close. So, my pre-sermon, didn't, we didn't get very far. God wants a confident people. Let's, let's look at, let's go back to Judges again. I should have put a marker in here. Let's go back to Judges 7, verses 12 through 15. It says, And the Midianites and Amicus and all the people lay east of, the, of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers for multitude, and their camels without number as the sand by the seaside for multitude. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came unto a tent and smote it, and it fell and overturned it, and the tent lay long. You know, and this fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, for unto his hand God delivered Midian and all the hosts. And, uh, and then you can continue on reading. We already read that this morning. But, you know, Gideon, he was encouraged by that. Gideon wanted God to confirm that, that he was with him. The enemy hates the child of God that comes against him with confidence. If we come against the enemy of our souls with confidence, the enemy don't like you. You know, many people are a third, a third I don't know, a thirdly? How do you say that big word? You know, they're just passive. They don't, you know, are we coming against the enemy? With a, are we people of valor coming against the enemy when his host comes against you? If you are just a passive Christian this morning, most likely you will not be attacked. Most likely because you are no threat to his kingdom. And, um, you know, God is looking for people that are, are a threat to his kingdom. Satan's kingdom, that is. <clears throat> God wants to do extraordinary things with ordinary people. The devil hopes you never understand who you are or what you have in Jesus Christ. You know, this morning you might just be a piece of barley bread, but God is going to use you and myself in his time and his way. It's not our job in telling God how he needs to use us. But my prayer has often been, God, just I just want to build your kingdom in some small way. It don't have to be, you know... I'm not so concerned how how I'm used. I just want to be useful in your kingdom. You know, if it's just being an encouragement to somebody, that's good enough. Or if if I can just lead somebody along and and help them and to understand and to and to and to be an encouragement to somebody, somebody that's down and out, and somebody that's discouraged, it's okay. It's okay. If that is is that is your role. So be it. So be it. Be an encouragement. Lift up the hands that hang down, the feeble knees, the weak knees. And uh, it's okay. You don't have to be the one that has all the show and the blow and all the things that go with it. Just let God order your life the way, you're, the way He wants to, and it'll all work out at the end. Let's go to Acts for uh, a few closing uh, passages here. <clears throat> Acts 19. Let's start in here. Let's plow in here about verse 11. And God wrought, and this talks about um, what happened. This little story here. Um, what happens when we become involved in, in the kingdom of God and we are making war with the kingdom of, of the world and Satan? And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, and so that his body was brought unto sickness, handkerchiefs, aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out from them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, extortionists, took upon them to call over them, to call over them which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons, one of Stephen, a Jew, and a chief priest, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on overcame them and overpowered them against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. 
And this was known in all the Jews and the Greeks. Also dwelling in Ephesus and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many had that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. And many of them also, which were used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the piece of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Verse 20 says, So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed and had power. That's what that means. Now, it says that this saying was known to all the Jews and the Greeks and and them that were Ephesus. And imagine that. They didn't even have social media to get that out. But it was so embarrassing that they were just like, oof, you know. But God, does Satan know who you are? Are you... um, Let me just put it this way so you understand. If hell has a a blackboard, is your name there? And the demons are saying, watch that guy. He will do serious damage to our kingdom if we do not attack this guy. Is your name there? Like it says, Jesus I know and Paul I know. In conclusion, let's be Christians that are saying the right song. Onward, Christian soldiers. God wants to use you and myself. He needs a common person. He needs a cleansed person. He needs a courageous person. He needs a cautious person. He needs a confident person. And uh, God can use you if you are willing to just humble yourself and to and to be all that. And... Uh, it is five after. I appreciate your attention. And uh, I hope you were encouraged by this little pre-sermon text. I know it went, um, it, it, it went longer than what I thought. But what I was really going to share with you last Sunday, but the Lord had other plans. And uh, I'm just going to just give you the title I have written here. Um, I have six principles to strengthen your faith. You know, if there's anything in our day and age that we live in, we need a strong faith because I believe I am one uh, a huge promoter in saying there is a day coming in this country when it may not be as we are here today we may be watching out the door and you know the authorities it may be totally different whether it happened in my daytime I don't know but I sometimes wonder you know as I uh, watch see what um, the God-haters, the people who hate God and hate Christians and so forth and so on, um, I can't help but think that there's going to be uh, a day coming when Christianity as you and I know it and church life as you and I know it are going to face persecution. And today, we may, I say, we face persecution a little different, so to speak. It's how, you know, we are strongly affected by culture and the wealth of this country and so forth and so on, and how it drives our lives. And um, so I just want to put that out there. Let's be a Gideon. Let's be a Gideon where God can use us, fill us, use us, and, uh, and we can be a mighty man of valor. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you for your written word. Lord, what would we do if we didn't have your written word? And... Uh, I have read many stories where people tear the Bible apart so they can all share your written work. And Lord, it is so hard for me to try to fathom the hunger for the written word. And yet, Lord, we have multiple Bibles at home. We uh, place them on our light um, headboards that are bedrooms, our light stands, and we casually uh, have the, your written word everywhere. Um, we carry it around our vehicles. We carry it around our shirt pockets. We, Lord, I cannot fathom. So I just pray for your written word, Lord, where people hunger that somehow your written word could get in their hands this morning. I thank you for, your, for the stories that you have and the legacy of men that have, um, how should I say this, Lord, that have, that, have, that have been preserved and kept down through the ages of time. And we can read these stories again and again and again. And, Lord, that we can glean thoughts from them. 
and that we can that we can learn from the past and that we can be a better vessel for you. And Lord, I pray this morning that we would take these 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 few little thoughts, these um, um, things that we spoke about this morning about being a common person, being a clean person, being a courageous person, so forth and so on, Lord. And that we can be a better vessel for you and better fit for your kingdom. And that, God, you're, not, you're just trying to bring heaven to earth and through people. And so I, I just pray, Father, that we would, if we would raise our hands to you and say, yes, Lord, use even me. I don't have much to offer, but, Lord, I'm willing to be used of you in some small way today to build your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus, for your redemptive um, plan of salvation. You're willing to go to the cross for fallen humanity, and you raised again the third day, just like you said. You opened a grave, and now you are reigning in heaven and with power, and you are coming again to someday to claim your own. And oh, what a rejoicing that will be when the Easter sky will split and you will come again. And Lord, I can't think of a better time than you can come as right now. But God, we just pray for the lost that are around us. Maybe there's a lost soul in here, Lord, that needs salvation yet before you come. So, Lord, we just say, come, Lord Jesus. We commit our ways to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.